Blog Talk Radio. Longhorn Nation, welcome to another Wednesday edition of the Orange Report with Mike and Matt, and even though the cow loss right at the end with the missed PAT is still just heartbreaking and doesn't sit well, I just don't know how, if you're a Longhorn fan, you can at least be somewhat excited for the future. Um, we still have lots of holes on the team, but one where one place we obviously do not anymore is at the quarterback position. Um, Gerard Hurd's coming out party. I think I said that last week um, on the Orange Report that this was going to be his coming out party, and boy, did he not disappoint. 527 total yards, 368 passing, 163 rushing. Um, the only sad thing is he didn't get the win in overtime. I called us winning 31-30. We lost 45-44. Well, um, we were in the game. You know, sometimes, Matt, when you're rebuilding, especially with this team, you seem so close yet so far away. What were your initial thoughts other than the missed PAT that went us from euphoria to basically wanted to, to run into the uh, water tower out there on San Jacinto? Um, but what's your uh, initial thoughts from the Cal game? Well, yeah, you know, at first in the heat of the moment, you're really pissed off because of the way it ended. Just because, I mean, nothing against Nick Rhodes. It's just a cheap way to lose a game, right? I mean, you know, you you work that hard and just something simple gets blown like that. I mean, but what I, you know, as a couple of days went by, I started thinking about any listeners that uh, are better historians than me can tweet at us and, let us know if I'm missing something. But I cannot remember. I mean, think about all the game-winning field goals that we have hit over the last 20 years, all the way back to the Phil Dawson 50-yarder into the wind and, of course, Stockton at the Rose Bowl and Justin Tucker, and there were others in between there. And I was trying to remember when was the last time we really lost a game on a missed, you know, either a, a, a missed field goal at the buzzer or a missed extra point. Uh, you know, something similar to that. Obviously, we might have lost the game in overtime. I think we had all the momentum and would, would have finished it off, but uh, we'll never know. But, you know, when you go, I'm thinking it's probably 25 years since we've lost a game uh, on a missed field goal or a missed extra point or something like that. You know, at one point, eventually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up with you. You know, it's just it's due to happen. It happens to everybody. It happens to all kinds of kickers. Uh, so I'm happy to hear, you know, the... The team rallied around Nick Rose, and I'm also really happy to hear that the team took the loss really hard. Uh, if you heard Charlie Strong's press conference, uh, he kind of all but said that, you know, maybe last year's team didn't take losing quite as hard as, as this team took this one. They finally, it, it's finally getting to them, and that's kind of the sign of growing up and becoming a team as well. So, you know, when you take that emotional aspect of it and you add in what Hurd brings to the table and, uh, a defense that I think will continue to get better. I mean, they they have nowhere else really to go but up. But I think there's pieces in place to to get better as the year goes on. So I think we're on track with what we were saying beginning of the season. 
which was let's see this team playing a lot better football at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. We're light years away from the Notre Dame game only in week three. Uh, so let's just keep building on that and we'll see where we end up. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, as I say, the season number two starts Saturday at 2.30 against Oklahoma State, and at about 8.35 we are going to have Robert Retzel on from the Cowboy Rides free site, SB Nation site that covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and we'll we'll break them down and, you know, talk to him about them. But, yeah, it's season number two now. Um, you know, Big 12 play, nobody's really expecting much from us. Um, you know, people are still predicting us to go about 3-9 and nine or 4-8, and eight, so – I mean, there really is no no pressure to to meet any expectation other other than their own and the coaches. So you know, I think with Herd now, uh, what what I feel at this point is, I honestly believe we're going to stay in most games because even if a great defense plays great, he's going to break off something. They're going to have a bad play. He's just able to create with his legs. You know, things you just cannot. You know, you just can't coach. Um, so we're going to put points up. I, I really don't think we're going to face. Um, uh, uh, an offense or a, a, a really a, a good defense from here on out. I think TCU's defense is okay because of Patterson. I, you know, I think they'll put something together. But I mean, they you know lost six, seven starters. You look at Oklahoma's defense on paper, they look pretty solid. They've got a couple good defensive linemen. Their linebackers should be stud. But I mean, I watched the Tulsa game, and yeah, I mean Oklahoma did move the ball at will. But I mean Tulsa was moving the ball well too. Put up you know close to five, six hundred yards on them. Uh, Tennessee moved the ball well on them, so I don't think Oklahoma has a great defense. I don't think Oklahoma State's coming in with a great defense. Baylor, I think, is another. So, you know, I feel confident that we're going to be able to score on just about anybody in the Big 12. The thing I'm getting, I'm getting ready to say that's surprising that I really did not know where we would be in the season, or I'm surprised where we are, is I don't know who we're going to stop in the Big 12. Um, and that's really what I want to talk about for a few minutes is the defense. Um, I saw some things in the fourth quarter. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, Cal had 45 points, and we did shut them out. I noticed we made some adjustments. We moved Boyd over Hill. We moved Bonnie over to the nickel, kind of went more cover three than, than in cover two, and we moved some things around. So I think it was a combination of that, and I think, you know, um, Cal took their, 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 their pedal off and then thought, well, with a 21-point lead, we're probably in pretty good shape here. And then boom, boom, Heard breaks off a couple big plays, and, and, and we're right back in the game. So, um I think because of that, like I just said, his legs were going to stay in some games. So the defense, though, is – and I really – when I went back and, and watched it, um, I, you know, I did find it online and I rewatched it a couple times, and I really just honed in and watched each defensive snap at least two or three times. And we're just not getting a lot of push. Ridgeway appears to be the best one that's still disruptive in there. Um, Tank Jackson, I think he's out of position. He really needs to be at the offset tackle. And in the position that we're really, really not playing very well at, it's just getting blown up on every run play and blown up and not getting any pressure, is defensive end. Now, Nashawn Hughes has shown some flashes of some greatness, but the other side end, regardless of who we're bringing in, is just not getting it done. And I think it's a couple reasons. I think it's inexperience. I think it's technique. But a lot of it looks to me as just pure physicality. Um, the guys we're bringing in are 6'2", 6'3", 235, 240. They're going up against 280, 300-pound offensive tackles that are pretty athletic, and they just get, they're just getting destroyed because they're 18, you know, they're playing 23-year-old seniors, and we've got 18, 19-year-old freshmen and redshirt freshmen playing. So they just don't have the, the upper body or, or lower body strength at this point. So, so that's just going to be a growing pain 
Um, so with that said, the coaches need to find a way. Well, we need to use our speed and quickness. We, we may have to walk a linebacker up to the line of scrimmage, a safety, blitz, do some different things schematic-wise to offset of us just lining up. And also, too, missing big Malcolm Brown in there. People didn't realize how disruptive he was last year. And, of course, he made Ridgeway, Jackson, and who, Puna Ford, whoever else was in there at the defensive line. They were facing one-on-one um, blocking because, you know, Brown was getting double-teamed and sometimes triple-teamed. So now – uh, we don't have a, a disruptive force. So um, I think some of it is just that, uh, and some of it is just inexperienced. Um, uh, now, the secondary, I'll move into there. I think you're going to see some changes. I think Boyd, you're going to see more and more of him at either cornerback or safety. Holton Hill's going to play more. You're going to see the other freshman, Devontae Davis. So, yeah, you're going to have 6'2", 215, 25, 30-pound corners in there with a lot of speed. But what you're going to have is a, a lot of inexperience that just don't understand the, the, the college game and, and coverages and, and, the way high, and the way offenses are so advanced today, Bedford's going to have to take, keep it simple, and we're just going to have to let their athletic ability play, and you're, and you're not going to be able to do a lot of, uh, you know, um, designing of coverages, moving people around, because when you do, they're going to be out of position. So it's kind of a catch-22. We go young, you've got to live with the mistakes, or you still keep rolling, you know, the, the bodies out there and some of the others who are just getting beat every single play. So, you know, that, that's really my recap on the defense. And I'm at a point now, these freshmen have something. I, I, I like the youth movement. Let's go with them. I can live with the mistakes because, like I said, at least they're doing them at full speed, and, and they're the ones that are, have changed the culture of this locker room. So, uh, it, like I said, the defense – is it, it, going to be a work in progress. But, I mean, if you really look back at the pieces we lost last year, it's not surprising. Some people are going to have to grow up fast because, obviously, as we all know, the Big 12 is all offense. So I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell to wrap it all up is we're going to be in a lot of these 40, 45 type games, I have a feeling. So it's just going to be one of them deals. What defense can create a turnover here or there? What defense does get that key third down stop to give the offense the ball back in the fourth quarter to go win the game? And the defenses that do that are going to win the Big 12. And that may be Baylor, it may be TCU. Hell, it could be us at this point. I just think the Big 12 is a whole bunch of average teams right now. I mean, I think TCU going into the season was a legitimate playoff and national championship contender. I don't think they are with the pieces they've lost on defense. I think they're going to drop a game. They're just, they're just going to get outscored somewhere as well. And I think Baylor's going to drop a game. So, you know, I think Baylor and, and TCU are still a, a, a notch ahead of everybody. And then OU's right there. And then I think the rest of us are all bunched right together. I'm just not impressed with anybody. And I mean, including that, us and that not impressed yet. We've got to go out there and prove something. So um, thoughts on that, Matt? No, I agree. I mean, I'm with you completely on TCU. I think they're the they're the wild card in this now because uh, they, you know, just they're not the same team on paper at the beginning of the year. So now they're either no. going to – Patterson's either going to pull the coaching job of the decade – and somehow cobble together a bunch of young guys, similar to what we're trying to do, but do it at a level where you're trying to win a national title, or you know, more likely somebody's going to get them, uh, whether it's Tech this weekend or one of the ones, you know, the real threats like OU or Baylor, or you know, the thing too when you got a young defense, and this is what we have to look out for is when you're young, the risk of losing to Iowa State or losing to I don't think Kansas, but you know, a game that everybody starts to get cocky and write off. Well, it's the young teams that remind you they're young and lose to a team that they really are better than on paper. 
so, you know, then it starts looking at, well, who beats TCU? You know, everybody that beats TCU this year, well, they were counting that as a loss at the beginning of the season, so now they get a bump. Like, if Texas Tech can beat TCU, hey, man, who was expecting them to be 4-0 and 1-0 in conference play, you know, four weeks into the season? Uh, they can at least get into the discussion uh, about, you know, at least being up there in the top, say, three or four for the for the conference race. So, yeah, I think it's wide open. I think, you know, if Baylor – if Baylor's defense were to develop like what we heard from the media they would this season and make that next step, uh, I think they're by far the class of the conference right now with TCU's injuries. But to date, they have not done that. Uh, they're letting they're they're letting tomato cans run up and down the field on them. So uh, there's there's a lot of football left to be played, and there's a lot of uh, ways this can shake out. And it's all about Texas growing up and finding those right pieces and seeing who develops. Uh, that'll decide where we finish in the race. Yeah, Baylor's an interesting study right now. I mean, they've you know got you know have already had two other coaches suspended earlier this year for recruiting violations. You know, obviously came out this weekend. Another assistant is on the sideline at the Oklahoma Tulsa game. Oh, he got a big penalty just a few hours ago. He's suspended for a half. It looks like. Uh, I mean, and, not, and that's not even talking about all of the um, the, the earlier. Hornet's nest with the the, the rape and, and all that that went on. I I just think um, you know, uh, and then and then obviously, you know, all of the other things they've had in, in previous years. So I, I think Browse is, and not that anything's going to happen to him, no. But uh, you know, I think I think they've got another thing or two that may may shake their you know shake their train a little bit. So I'm just trying to see how they can manage and keep all that thing heading down the track. With all that, you know, external stuff, but um, but yeah, I mean, on paper, with you know, ten, eleven starters basically back, other than the, everybody back on offense with the quarterback, um, you know, with TCU having their struggles, that would be the, um, you know, the team that everybody thinks is going to prevail in the Big Twelve. But um, I think we're going to have a little something to say about that on December fifth, so it'll, it, that should be fun. Uh, the team I do actually want to give a shout out tonight to uh, that is well deserving. Our friends in Lubbock. Um, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, I do have to congratulate them on beating probably the greatest team of all time, Arkansas Razorbacks and Brett Belima. Um, you know, that big SEC Arkansas big series team up there that, you know, is just a just a beast in itself um, that lost to Toledo and now Texas Tech at home. So uh, congratulations, Texas Tech. You, you, made, you made my day uh, Saturday afternoon when y'all um, y'all pulled that off. So um, Brett Belima is um, – you know, I was looking at their schedule earlier, and uh, man, it's just going to be complete awesomeness because I think they're headed for about four and eight, maybe five and seven. That's going to put him at about fourteen, fifteen, and twenty-three, twenty-four on his wonderful stint there. So um, the clock is slowly ticking on the Brett Belima era. Uh, it may be fastly coming to an end. So um, I don't know where he'll go coach now, but um, way to go, Big Brett! Go get him, big boy. <laughs> Hey, you know what, though, honestly, I mean, you know, I don't know. Back when I was growing up and listening to Lou Holtz talk up every opponent as if they're a possible national champion and talk his team down, you know, I think that works. Like, it keeps your team hungry. And all Bielema did all damn off season is talk about how great Arkansas is. And I really think that that team took the mentality of the coach. I think they really thought they were just going to – they think that they have a SEC patch on their shoulder, and they're going to go out there and roll teams, and they're not the same team as last year. I mean, 
I'm amazed, you know, look at, we should have said this in the beginning of the year, but they lost their starting running back for the season in August camp. They lost yeah. some of that offensive line. They they replaced them with even bigger guys, but they had holes, but nobody talks about it, and that's the thing that drives me crazy is, you know, you have a dominant bowl performance, and nobody even looks at your roster the next year. They automatically think that you're just going to continue in a straight line, and, oh, you, you dominated Texas, so you're going to just keep rolling from there. You know, and you look back at last year, they got the break of playing teams that were completely banged up. Like when LSU came to town, when Ole Miss came to town, I think Ole Miss played up there the week after they had that heartbreaking loss to Auburn and, you know, literally, you know, broke the leg of their top wide receiver. So, you know, they they brought some wounded ducks into Fayetteville and and dominated them. But uh, those wins aren't quite as impressive looking back on it. And, you know, they, they, they read all those press clippings all year long. You can tell that. Yeah, and, and and now you know we'll, we'll get into our picks later, but um, that that's the game that's um, actually intriguing to me this week um, up in the in Jerry World is the is the Aggie um, you know Arkansas game. Um, I, I've gone back and forth on my pick because I think I think Arkansas is going to step up, and I think Aggie now thinks they're going to roll, and Aggie Aggie's starting to, to read their press clippings because they beat um, three schools that, you know, just started their football programs this year, basically. So they're all excited down there in College Station. They're already buying their national championship tickets because Bama lost and all that. But we'll get into that when we, when, we get to, when we get to their picks. Hopefully I will make a decision on that game because I, I really don't know what way to go. I think Arkansas will show some pride in that game. So I, I, don't know. I honestly don't know which way I'm going to pick yet. I'll just have to get a feeling um, – in a minute. But what I do want to do before Robert comes on is I thought we, we were doing everything on reverse today because he couldn't join us a little bit after 8. Um, he can't come on to late 35, so we're kind of doing our show in reverse. I want to do, um, I want to give my, what I think my current Big 12, I guess to use everybody else's term, um, power, power poll. I want to rank the uh, the Big 12 right now where I, where I see it this week. And then obviously, you know, it's a, it's a fluid document, as they say, because you know, it's going to be based on. But obviously, I'm going to start at the bottom. Uh, obviously, Kansas is, is Kansas. Um, poor Kansas is not going to win a football game this year unless they just upset somebody. I'm not predicting it. They're going 0-12 um, this year. Uh, second up from the bottom, I'm going with Iowa State at this point. Uh, they're 1-2, but, um, you know, they haven't played anybody. And, and you know, and, and I'm, i I got a feeling Rhodes is going to be in serious trouble um, at the end of this year. Um, after after that, I, I'm going to surprise some people here probably. Um, I've got Kansas State third up. Uh, I know they've beaten some people, but, you know, I know the Wizard will put some things together, but their defense is really not that good, and they did lose their starting quarterback. So, I mean, they're playing with a backup, and when they get in and start playing some people that got real athletes on defense, I think they're going to be exposed. So Kansas State third up. Then I'm going with um, Oklahoma State, the team we're playing, um, fourth up, um, you know, just because of their, their schedule. I don't really know who they are. When you've beaten, you know, Central Michigan, uh, UTSA, and um, Central Arkansas, I, I, ju- I just don't know who you are, so I just can't rank you very high. Next team, uh, next team up are Texas Longhorns right there in the middle. Uh, I was going to spot a spot lower, but I'm, I'm feeling a little better because I heard I really don't know who we are. We're going to find out in the next three or four or five weeks. We're either going to be, you know, five and three, six and two, 
one and six, one and seven. I think I think any combination of those three are 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 likely scenarios. I mean, we could lose to Oklahoma State, we could lose to TCU, and we could lose to Oklahoma. Just as easy as we could win two or three. Uh, I don't think we're going to win all three. I mean, I'm not stupid, so but I mean, we could win two of those three very likely, or we could lose all three. I did, I, I really don't know. So I've got us middle of the pack. Next team up, Texas Tech. Uh, which I actually did pick last week, if we remember right. I, I think I had the Tech game right. Um, uh, they're playing good yeah. ball. Uh, I think they're playing a little above themselves. I think they're going to get exposed a little bit. Um, but they are 3-0. and They did go to Arkansas, even though Arkansas isn't very good. He still won on the road against a, uh, you know, supposed to be a decent team. So then we go uh, next up, obviously, Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know what the Sooners are, but they are 3-0. and They did win on the road at Tennessee and up and coming around. So those road wins, uh, I, I, I tend to rank teams a little better based on a big road win, and they actually did have one down in SEC country. And then obviously number two, I'm going with TCU this week because of the defensive injuries. I want to see how they, Patterson, like you said, will he be able to put some pieces together. And then obviously number one in the power pole is Baylor just based on where we think they should be, and they are three and zero. They are destroying everybody. But again, this is a fluid um, um, power pole for me. So I don't know if you would have anybody slotted anywhere any different, Matt. What are your thoughts? No, I think uh, I think I'm pretty much in agreement with you where we are as of right now. And I also agree with your earlier statement that you get down to maybe slot three to seven. And as of right now, you could draw them out of a hat, possibly. Uh, I think we're yeah. the biggest question mark out of all of that, just because you know you still have a quarterback that's inexperienced, um, and you have a defense that just hasn't shown anything. So I think you know we're probably if you had to rank the probabilities, we're, we probably have the lowest probability of finishing at three. Uh, but I think that you know, and we'll like you said, we'll know this week if, if Texas continues to grow. Uh, we're going to know a lot about both of these teams. I, I'm, what I'm what I'm really interested in is how what kind of game is it? You know, is it a well played game uh, or is it you know a fiasco for you know anybody like me that loves defense just shakes their head and says this is ridiculous. Uh, I think if we have that kind of game again, then maybe exciting, but it may bode poorly for our hopes down the road. Yeah, well, yeah, and talk about Oklahoma State real quick. Our opponent Saturday. I mean, they've really played three nobodies, and their offense is only averaging 41 points a game. Now they're averaging a little over 500 yards offense. They're only giving up about 12 points a game. But I mean, you would think with I mean, yeah, they they they, they scored 69 against uh, UTSA. I think UTSA had about 26 turnovers. No, I think they had about seven or eight really. But it 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 seemed like every every I watched a little bit of it online. I found it too, and it looked like every other possession they were turning the ball over. I think it only ended up being seven or eight, but by God, it felt like 30. It really did. So, I mean, UTSA didn't do themselves any good. So, only you scored 69 points against a team that gave you like nine free possessions and you're still only averaging 41. Um, that's why That's why I'm feeling, you know, I've made my prediction already on this game. I think I think Hurd's going to have another big day, um, you know, because I, I, their defense is, is, is not as good as the 12 points and their offense is not as good as everybody. So, they should be averaging 75 points a game with the people they played, and it's really skewed because of one game. So, um, you know, this, this is this is a good matchup for us. Now, I may feel different Saturday at, at 530, but, uh, you know, based on, based on you know, just pure numbers alone. Now, if Swoops was still the starting quarterback, uh, I, I would complete, I would, com, you know, 
I would be picking us to lose the game. And I, and I got an interesting quote here I saw on, um, I think Jeff Howe had a story on um, the 247 site today uh, from an anonymous, two anonymous um, Big 12 coaches who, who um, had a chance to review the tape uh, of the Cal game. And, and, and both of them, um, both of them had very interesting quotes, but you know, different quotes, but right on. One of the coaches was saying, um, "Well, you know, it's, it's somewhat disappointed for us and our team because we were hoping that they wouldn't figure out who Hurd was until about the fifth or sixth game, and and we wouldn't have to prepare for him. But all of us in the, you know, all of us, all the other coaches had known something for a while, and you know, he kind of threw a shot at. Him. He was saying." How long before, before the, the Texas coaches figured it out that, that that they needed to go to herd? So he says it definitely changes the dynamics. And then the second coach kind of said the same thing, but his thoughts was the the offensive line now is is, is actually starting. He goes, yeah, herd is dynamic, but you can just go back and look. They're starting to, to to figure it out. The offensive line is starting to grow up. He said, now are they world beaters yet? No, but he says they are by far better today than they were in all 13 games last year. So. Um, Again, there, there's signs of, of, of progress there. And, that, and that, like you said, with two true freshmen that should be red-shirting and putting on 20, 30 pounds of muscle, uh, those are positive words. And I think it's very – two things on the coach's comment. One is, is, is yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's be glad that the light bulb did come on for the coaches and, and they handed the keys to, to Hurd. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it's a telltale sign. But, yeah, if you're a defensive coordinator now, I mean, you've got to sit down now and, and, and rework the way you're going to play defense against Texas. You're going to, I mean, and I think that's what helps us. People don't realize when you have a running quarterback, you're, and, and, and if you go back and look at the play that we scored on um, right before the missed PAT, um, California gambled on that play. Um, if you go back and look at it, they had uh, the second half had, had started to really – rushed two guys really hard upfield, and the other guys kind of stayed at the line of scrimmage because they didn't know if Hurd was going to take off. Well, not when you can't rush that many, what, what, what became available? He had time to throw. Good receivers, Burt, DJ got open and were running wide open all over the field. So it, it sagates your, your pass rush. But if you look on that last play, they gambled, they blitzed, and they sent six people They all got upfield, Hurd stepped in front of it, and boom, 50 yards later, he was in the house. So it changes the way defensive have to prepare for you. Just look at look what Manziel was able to do. Look what Cardell James did last year in the playoffs. Uh, uh, Cardell Jones for Ohio State. When you have a guy that can do that, you can make an average offense pretty good. And, and, that, and, that's where, and that coach was right on. He goes, we've got to prepare completely different now. Um, for Texas. So, uh, like I said, I, I don't think we're going to face any uh, stout, stout defenses. And, you know, is Hurd going to probably make some bad throws? Yes. Is he going to turn the ball over? Yes. Is he going to make some bad reads? Yes. But, boy, when he makes a good play, instead of a 20-yard gain, it may be a 75-yard touchdown run. So, and I know Hurd's getting a lot of play. I, another player I want to I talk about real quick before we change gears here is John Burt. People remember all the drama last year with his recruitment where, you know, he, his dad was really wanting him to go to Auburn, and he kind of decommitted from us. But then he never did really commit to Auburn. He was kind of on the fence. And then, then Charlie Strong and them went out and did their home visit. And then, you know, about an hour into the visit, he tweeted out the picture of the coaches, and he recommitted. Uh, and, you know, a lot of fans were saying, you know, jumping on it, well, let him go to Auburn. We don't need him, yada, yada, yada. 
Bull Malarkey. That dude is a – I mean, people, he's playing high school football. That dude is, is, a, is a stud out there. That catch he made where he came back from the ball up in the air, you can't you – can't, see, that's the thing with, with these athletes. Like, if you can't coach that stuff. You, you either have it or you don't. Burt is going to be an All-American before he leaves the 40 acres. I mean, he is a stud. And so those are the type of players you've got to have to win, Matt. Absolutely, and it's exciting when they're doing it right off the bat, too. I mean, that's, because I really think that there's, you know, there's physical guys that aren't there mentally, and that's what the guys that take a year or two to get comfortable before they start to finally shine. And then there's the guys that have it all. And when you can step off of a high school field and go up to, you know, now you're playing in front of 90,000 people and you're making plays like that, that's when you know that you got something special for sure. Yeah. Well, before we get into talking to Robert here in a few minutes, we did our Big 12 power poll, and now that we've had a few weeks to, to do it, I didn't tell Matt we were going to do this, but I, I know Matt's sharp. He can come up with it. Uh, I want to I do my top four as they sit today going into the week. And I'm not even going to rank them one through four. I don't think that's really matters at this point. Um, I mean, if you want to, we can. But my top four teams that I, that I think are the top best four teams in the country right now, and I don't care where they're ranked in the AP or the coaches poll, but number one, I'm going with LSU. Uh, their offensive line mauls people. Their defense is good. Uh, man, they lost, I mean, they lost a lot of people, but uh, I think LSU is the best team in the SEC right now. I think LSU is going to be a tough out for anybody. So LSU right now is one of my final four you got to go with Ohio State. I mean, my God, they hadn't lost a game, you know, one game in two and a half years. Until they lose, they're going to be in my Final Four. Um, so it's going to be up to somebody else to take them out. You know, just a few years ago, Matt, we were laughing at the Big Ten. I've got another Big Ten in my top four right now, Michigan State, um, until somebody knocks them off. Obviously, them and Ohio State are going to play down the road. Um, it's, then it's going to become the conversation, um, do we get two Big Ten teams in? Well, in Mike's playoff, and I'm the king in my playoff, I've got two Big Tens in. <laughs> now the fourth team, this is where it really, really – I mean, it was easy for me to pick those three teams for me this week because I've seen all three of them play. Where it got tricky now for me is this number four. Um, I leaned a little bit Georgia because they, you know, but then, I, you know, then, but then what, what biases me against Georgia is I know late in the season they're going to go full Georgia. So I thought about Georgia, TCU, they've got the, you know, they've got the six guys out on defense. Baylor's right there, but Baylor's defense just doesn't look like a top four defense to me. you got Notre Dame. My God, every time I look up, Notre Dame has, um, has, has lost a player on offense, defense, but they just keep winning. Now, I will say this, if Notre Dame was still healthy, um, they would be my fourth best team. I mean, we looked awful, but Notre Dame's got some good players. They're 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 a solid football team this year. Uh, they really are. So this fourth one is really really tough with me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and squeeze TCU right now into my fourth slot just because of their offense. Because even with the six guys on defense. I looked at I looked at the other. If they played Baylor right now, I think they'd score 50 on Baylor. I think they'd beat Notre Dame. I think they would still beat Georgia. Um, UCLA's right there at 3-0. and um, So Baylor is my fourth team, but just of, of the slightest of margins. And, again, this is my, I mean, we're going to do this every week now. Uh, and, again, this is a fluid, fluid thing as well based on who loses and who wins. That's my top four as of September 23rd. So who, who would you have right now in your top four? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I think we're pretty close, but um, maybe order is a little different, and I guess that comes into play since it matters, you know, who you draw or whatever. But I'm going to keep Ohio yeah. State at number one until 
they show otherwise. I mean, in that Virginia Tech game, you know, the, the drama with Ohio State is going to be, can they just stay awake during their season? Because they obviously fell asleep right. last week. They fell asleep during part of the Virginia Tech game. But, man, so far this season, when a team turns it on and looks dialed in, there is nobody that could hang with Ohio State if they are – if they're full full speed ahead, uh, they just got too many yeah. weapons everywhere. So I I got them at number one. I, I yeah man I I'm shocked to say this, but right now based on what we saw in Mississippi State and saw and Baton Rouge against Auburn, I, I'm going to put LSU number two. Um, they look like a team that might be serious. I you know that Auburn's def or Auburn's offense kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Um, you know LSU is going to have some big challenges down the road, but as of today, I'd put LSU number two just based on what I've seen. Um, and number, I, I'm kind of with you. Like I going into the season, not sold on Michigan State. I thought that they lost too much on defense. It would come back to haunt them. Uh, I expected them to beat off, uh, Oregon, uh, or you know at least have a really healthy shot at it. Um, but I, I think I'll keep Michigan State in there at three. Uh, and by the way, LSU, Leonard Fournette running against the uh, Big Ten defense in Michigan State would be something to see. And just like you, number four uh, to me is wide open right now. As we, as you were going through them, you know, I thought Ole Miss, but I think people are going to look back on that Ole Miss game. You know, it's that whole SEC circular argument. I think Alabama's overrated. Then Mississippi beats them, and so now Mississippi takes their spot. And you know, and it's ridiculous because how do we know that Alabama is really what we thought they were? Uh, so I'll eliminate them for right now until they show me more. I, I think Notre Dame's a good call there just because Georgia Tech is not a bad football team. That's, in fact, a very good football team, and Notre Dame just punched them in the mouth, even with all these losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think right now I would keep – I think it's almost like a 4A and 4B between uh, Notre Dame and I, I'm with you, TCU. I'm going to keep up there. Uh, just because of the, you know, Gary Patterson, I think he could probably, he's recruited well enough where he might be able to pull uh, uh, magic out of his hat and get some of these young guys to step in and play. Um, but, you know, he'll have to prove it. So, and then the also receiving votes, you know, you obviously have Baylor, Ole Miss, Georgia, I guess. I'm with you. Uh, Georgia's going to have to do something really to open my eyes to get me to take them seriously. Uh, so I think that's where I stand. So we're pretty close. I think we got all the same teams in the same neighborhood. Yeah, and Ole Miss was was right there for me too. But uh, I went back and watched that game again, and, and you know, even though Ole Miss made some big plays, it really it really was a game that that I thought Bama lost it instead of Ole Miss. I mean, they really did. Alabama really dominated the game, other than five mistakes. So it'll be interesting to see if Alabama can solve their quarterback position um, yeah. and, and and get back in the hunt. But with that said, um. I don't want to keep Robert on the line anymore, so um, he's coming in a few minutes early, which is good. Um, we've talked to Robert before from the Cowboy Rides for Free site. Um, it's going to be um, good to talk to him tonight and get his perspective on the game. Robert, welcome back to the Orange Report. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, we're doing all right. We're still far enough away from the game that I'm not stressing too much about it. So uh, <laughs> the 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 cap is still on the Pepto-Bismol, the new Pepto-Bismol bottle, so... Well, I yeah, I'm, 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 still, doing all I'm, right. still reco- I'm still recovering from ours because um, we we were you know we were watching it and and uh, you know I guess I'll have to tell off on ourselves, me and Matt and a few others. We 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 indulged a little bit Saturday, so we had to keep it out at the tailgate. Um, 
um, for a little bit. And uh, we were sitting there, we were sitting there watching the last few minutes of the game, and you know, Hurd breaks off the big run. We think we're going to overtime. We're jumping around, about to to run through a, a water tower. We're so excited, and then missed extra points. So I mean, we literally wanted to go run out in traffic and get hit by the team bus as they left. So it was we we experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in about 18 seconds. It was pretty brutal. So uh, well, yeah, we're, I'm still I, recovering I from that. that. We'll, we'll move on from that. And I yeah. and I, I and I that's where I want to I want to start with us. Um, you know, if anybody looked at this game a week ago or three weeks ago or even in the preseason with swoops at the quarterback, you have to have one thought. But obviously, Hurd has changed not only Oklahoma State's conversation, everybody that plays us now, he's a factor. Uh, what what were, what were your thoughts on Hurd's performance, and, and how does that affect Oklahoma State's game plan now on defense? Oh, good lord! Uh, I was I was uh, on the phone with a buddy when. Um, uh, Texas took the ball on that last drive, the game that, that we you, you were hoping was going to be the game tying drive. And uh, as they lined up on that play, I uh, noticed California, you know, the way they were lining up their defense. And I said to my buddy, I said they better not blitz. And I said because if they blitz and they miss, he's gone. And they blitzed and they missed and he's gone. And that one play, uh, you know, even though there was a, a, an entire rest of the game where Hurd acquitted himself very well, really well, um, that one play right there set probably every Oklahoma State fan into this sort of Vietnam flashback to like 2008 when Vince Young ran 80 yards and completely flipped the game when we had a big lead at the half as underdogs. And we're all looking at each other going, what, 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 what just happened? <laughs> this is, wait a minute, you know. Look, kid's, kid's young, he's solid. I think if anything, um, as far as OSU folks uh, would at least think, is thank heavens he had that game before he played us. Um, because now we've got a chance, you know, for kind of the, you know, maybe there's a little comeback slump, maybe, maybe not. I think, uh, you know, honest to goodness, I, I know you hate the sound of the, the phrase moral victories. Um, if, there's a, if there's a poster child for it, that game was the poster child. Fine, you didn't tie the game on a PAT, but for a team that has, you know, struggled all season and, you know, changes, significant changes being made in the middle of the season. Play callers are being changed. Uh, you know, now you go with a, a you know, freshman quarterback as the starter. That game was tremendous, tremendous for Texas football. There's life there now. Uh, there was excitement. Uh, you know, yeah, the PAT cost you tying it, but the rest of the game was fantastic, and off of that, you can look forward to the next game. Like, we can't wait to watch our team play again type of thing. As far as Oklahoma State's concerned, um, it's very interesting because a lot of our fans on some of the, the – on our site and on Twitter and whatnot, you know, are, are talking a lot about Ogba and Bean coming off the corners. And I'm sitting there going, the last thing I want those either one of those guys to do is come crashing in off the corner and leaving a gap because Hurd's going to go through it. 
it, it, it may be old school, it may sound cliche, but Oklahoma State's game plan has got to be you're not going to beat us with your legs. It's just got to be, hey, if you, if you want to pitch it around all night, you pitch it around all night. But they've got to keep him in that pocket. If they start blitzing, uh, and, and you, it's like California, you blitz and you miss, dude's gone. He's, he's running for 30, 40, 50 yards in the blink of an eye. Um, so you talk, I mean, you talk about change the dynamic, uh, completely change the dynamic. Uh, of a game and completely change the attitude of a fan base uh, looking at a game. I mean, her her did that uh, last weekend for Oklahoma State. So it's going to be really, yeah, I mean, I, really interesting. I mean, I, I think you make an excellent an excellent point there because I you know I'm gonna be honest. You know, I'm I don't I don't never question anybody else's you know fanhood or you know or, or whatever. But I mean. You know, I haven't missed a home game in the last five years as bad as, bad as we, we've been. But I'm going to be quite honest. There there have been times that um, I was surely not very excited to go to the game. I was excited to go tailgate and eat some barbecue and drink some good cold friendlies and hang out with my friends and talk football and have fun. But I wasn't necessarily excited about walking into DKR. Um, I'm going to be quite honest. It's Wednesday. Man, I'm ready to load my truck up and go tomorrow. I'm ready. I'm ready to Absolutely. get down there and kick the ball off, and I want to see what Hurd can do. And like I said in the opening, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to do some some dumb things and throw some interceptions and be a red shirt freshman. But by God, one thing I'm sure of, he's going to bust some stuff too. So you know, that's enough of the Hurd talk. That's not you know. But um, I guess when we when we talked in August, I remember my exact question is, and I, I think you agreed was. We, you know, Oklahoma State was getting a lot of, you know, preseason hype, you know, a potential, you know, dark horse in the Big 12, um, you know, can potentially do this and upset that. Well, here we are in September, and I know it's not your fault. All Oklahoma State can do is beat the teams on their schedule. Honestly, I still have those same questions. Based on who y'all played, I still don't know who Oklahoma State is. Um, so do you feel different today than you did then, or is, is that a true statement, you think? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, this this is a game that, as we go into the game, I'm looking at this going, are we going to throw it or are we going to pass it? Uh, is the defense going to be able to contain Hurt? Can the secondary? You know, the secondary has been okay, um, but they I don't think they've been tested per se at all. Um, the defensive line, test or not, defensive line did exactly what they should have done um, against weaker opponents, and they dominated. Defensive line is solid. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got, a, you've got an NFL guy, maybe a first-round NFL guy coming off of one edge, and you've got a maybe third-round guy coming off the other edge. And you've got a true freshman, 320 pounds, you know, starting and or not starting, playing in the middle. Uh, and, and getting time, you know, that's just unheard of. Uh, offensively, it's it's all in the offensive line. The offensive line started to look a little better this past week, but it was UTSA. Uh, so who the heck knows? Uh, Rudolph is, is the deal. He's the real deal. Kid's solid, real solid. He's. Uh, I'd be shocked in this game if uh, – Oklahoma State suffered because of mistakes he made. 
uh, not saying it can't happen, but I just, I, as I think about the game, I'd be surprised if that happened. But honest to goodness, Mike, I'm going to tell you something. This game to me is, is a microcosm of what is now going to happen in the Big 12 and what can happen with either one of these teams. We could walk into DKR Saturday afternoon and we could have a barn burner of a classic. All right? These two teams mm-hmm. could go at each other and we could see good football. All right? You could walk in there and Heard falls flat of his face after a great game, and OSU runs around the field like nobody would expect them to and run you out. You could have exactly the opposite happen. OSU could walk in there, and Rudolph could throw a couple of interceptions. We could, you know, fall flat of our face. Heard could run all over the place, and we'd get run out of the stadium. Or you could have a barn burner of the game where both teams play like crap. <laughs> and, honest, and honest to goodness, any of it, is on the radar. Um, it, it, I, I just, I just absolutely. I mean, is Hurd going to come out and do it again? Is he going to have a little second game slump? Is OSU's offensive line really coming around? Are they going to look like a sieve? You know, how's Texas defense going to do? You know, you guys, your defense hasn't been the the hottest commodity uh, so far. So, you know, what's going to happen there? I mean, this, I just think this is just an absolute. This is just absolute crapshoot. Who knows? Who knows what's going yeah, to happen? Yeah, Matt, Matt said a few minutes ago that, yeah, we could take probably teams three through seven in the Big 12 and put them in a hat and pull them out, and you just don't know what order they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I mean, we made the exact same point a few minutes ago, and I think that's why we are going to have some really good games in the Big 12. But, yeah, on your point on our defense, the only our, our defense right now is like oil prices going the wrong way. <laughs> well, Matt, go ahead and jump in, so. Yeah, well, uh, by the way, to anyone listening right now, this the last uh, five minutes or so is uh, is a, a flashing red light telling all of you that might be thinking about gambling on this game, stay away from this game. We don't uh. have any idea what's going to happen. You're crazy. I think you're you're better off lighting your money in the fireplace to keep warm during the winter than trying to pick uh, how this game is going to go. But, hey, uh, I had one question, uh, just kind of high level. You touched on it a little bit. Uh, and I know that there are some unknowns, you know, just with the, the opponents or whatever. But going into the season, uh, you know, and then comparing to what you feel right now, like what's the biggest area of surprise where you're pleasantly surprised? And what's the biggest area where you said, wow, I'm not seeing what I was hoping I'd see? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with the easy one first, which is the the second question. Um I'm 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 really I thought the offensive line was going to come out and be much improved, uh, you know, over what it, it did last season. And I mean, even at the end of the season, the offensive line uh, was very serviceable. Even at the end of the season, this season, um, I don't know. It's uh, they just haven't looked, you know, they just haven't looked solid. Haven't looked organized. They, they haven't pushed people off the ball. That's the that's the thing that bothers me is that when you need to, and that was the whole point of them, you know, the offense and Gundy wanting to get more to using these what they call the cowboy backs, which is that hybrid tight end fullback player, to try to inject more power into the running game, and they've done anything but that. Um, I think the play calling, which got a lot of heat early, definitely has improved. They may just be opening up the playbook, which, uh, you know, they had alluded to. Um, but I think as far as being surprised, 
oh, I, I want to say it's surprise, but um, because I thought Mason Rudolph was going to be solid, I've been kind of surprised at how solid he's been. I mean, the kid is five TDs, one interception. Uh, I think he's thrown one. I've seen him throw one ball that ought to, should have been intercepted and didn't get intercepted. Um, but, I mean, he's completing, you know, 69 point some percent of his passes, and these aren't dink and dunk passes he's completing. I mean, he's completing some balls down the field now. So I've been, I'd have to say I've been impressed with this kid. We're not seeing any signs of a sophomore slump type of thing coming off the, the finish from last year that got everybody so excited. Um, I'll tell you who's pretty, this Carson kid at running back is solid. Uh, he, he doesn't look real flashy, but he's he's tough. He runs tough, and he's got kind of a sneaky step. He's not fast, but he's got kind of a step where he can get going. Another player you guys you'll want to watch for is this little true freshman who's about two feet tall and weighs about 80 pounds soaking wet, uh, Jalen McCleskey, uh, who... If if he's five eight and one hundred and sixty pounds, then I'm the president of the United States. Uh, and that kid has made an impression. Uh, he's tough in the punt return game. He's catching balls that you're like, whoa, don't catch that, and he catches it. And uh, he's made a couple of plays offensively, of starting to demand some playing time, uh, making plays. So. I think he's somebody to watch uh, offensively. I've been surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised with him. But I'd say as far as being kind of disappointed so far in what I kind of thought we'd see, I'd say offensive line is definitely uh, a big question mark for OSU right now. Yeah, a couple a couple kids I wanted to ask about and see if they're contributing yet, but I know there were some guys that, you know, when you when y'all completed your 2015 recruiting class were some guys that were – thought they could come in and play. And the first one is um, Darren, Darren Daniels, the big defensive tackle out of Dallas. And then I believe the junior college defensive tackle out of Tyler, who um, I think he ended up going to Tyler Junior College too. But um, I think his last name is Malley. Is that how he says it? Malley? Yeah, Mo, Mo, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Mo, Mo Catalay or something like that, Malay. Uh, both of them, both of them have, have been great. I mean, that was, that was a question mark coming into fall camp. Going into spring, coming into fall camp, there was a question mark there. More because uh, a kid who had sure enough, Billy Lavini had sure enough nailed down a spot, uh, a starting spot, and he blew his Achilles. Um, and so they weren't really sure what was going to happen. They, he just had young people, new people coming in to fill that other spot. And uh, and Vince, Vince Taylor has just been tremendous uh, on the other starting spot, which we knew he was going to going to be starting there. Uh, but uh, Darian, Darian Daniels has just really been impressive. And, and Gundy has talked about it, that how, you know, how surprising. I mean, if you're not, like maybe at Texas and Bama and OU or whatever, if you're recruiting a five-star kid, all right, that five-star kid, if he's five-star, he's he's got a chance to come right in. He's probably physically pretty close to being ready to play. But if you're recruiting some other kids who – once you get off the five-star, you're going to have four-star, three-star kid. You know, and you got a guy who's going to come in uh, out of high school weighing, you know, 280, 285, and he's got to bulk up, and he needs to he needs to get prepared to play. He's not going to be able to throw, be thrown in there. This kid comes in over 300 pounds, and they've thrown him in, and Gundy has talked a lot about him 
comparing him to James Castleman, who uh, left uh, at the end of last year, graduated, um, and saying that he's actually much farther along than Castleman was when Castleman came in as a freshman. So uh, Darian Daniels and both of them have contributed significantly to that hole in, that we thought we were going to have in the middle of the defensive line. But uh, that that's one spot I'd say if, uh, you know, yeah, I, I still I wouldn't wager anything on it. But <laughs> if there's going to be a place where OSU, I'd say, hey, they should have an advantage, it should be uh, on the defensive side of the ball on the line going against your offensive line. They're, they should be able to do something. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do because if Hurd's running around loose back there, that, that sort of slows you down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, those two guys have been, been great so far. Well, let me shift gears real quick. Uh, now that we're, you know, three weeks um, into the into the college football season, um, what what's your, your, your biggest surprise in the Big 12 across the country from watching everybody or any – any interesting takes or things? I guess for mine is obviously because um, I just you know don't you know Arkansas has such a special place in my heart. Their demise has been quite <laughs> delicious to be quite honestly. But um, you you may have a different one. So that's kind of my surprise is how bad uh, Arkansas really is. So I mean, guess what is your big surprise so far in the first three weeks? My big surprise for me so far in the first three weeks is the that nobody. Um, and, I, and I will agree uh, with Matt here. If Ohio State is clicking, I don't know who I'd pick to throw in the, the game against them. Right. Don't know who I'd pick. Outside of them, and even though they've, like you like you mentioned, they I think they've been sleepwalking a little bit the last couple of games. Uh, they're the only team I'd say, you know what, that's, that's one of my playoff teams. As long as Ohio State, Honest to goodness, I'm one of those believers. They were the national champion. They're the defending national champion. If they go undefeated, they're in the playoff. I don't care what they look exactly. like. Exactly. Okay? Outside of them, there's not a single team that is impressing me. Not one. Um, as far as, oh, boy, this, and now this could get me banned from the show now, so just, just bear with That's me for okay. a second here. All right. I have been surprised to some extent, at what Lincoln Riley is doing at OU. Now, they've slopped around for half a game against Akron, who stinks. They slopped around for three quarters against Tennessee, who's not very good, all right? Um, but they came out firing last week against Tulsa. Now, it's Tulsa, okay? It's Tulsa, it's Tulsa. But... You you've watched enough football that if, you know you know when you're watching, you go okay. Now those guys look like they know where they're going, and Mayfield has definitely started to look like he's got a handle on what's going on. Uh, if they could do anything with the defense, and their defense right now looks not good, which fits right in with the Big Twelve right now. Exactly. Um, you know it. it, it this could this, this honest. I mean, did you see the over under on the Tech TCU game? Yeah, it's over a hundred. I, I haven't seen it yet. No, no, it went way up. The one I saw the other day, it was like seventy nine or something. <laughs> oh my god! I think it was. Yeah, I think it opened it. It, it like it, I, I thought it opened it like seventy 
75 or something, 80, it was, it was unbelievable. It was, you know. I saw that, I saw that, and I was like, who, somebody, somebody needs to go recalculate that. Um, because I, I, honest to goodness, I'll tell you right now, you could throw, just like you said before, you could take three through seven, I think, throw them in a bucket, pull out whoever you want, and the top two, Baylor and TCU, they're sitting with one leg over the edge. All right? It's not like they're over there sitting at another table waving at us. They're right there because Baylor's defense ain't lighting me up. I'm not feeling like their offense is, uh, is you know, is the offense good? The offense is good, but it's not like I'm looking at that going, oh, my God, we can't stop them. They can't be stopped, and their defense ain't great. TCU's, they need to have open tryouts for players on defense, man. Uh, so their defense gave up a lot against. I mean, SMU was within a within a score against them last week before they pulled away at the end. So I just think I just think this thing over the next two weeks, two to three weeks, uh, you could see this thing shaping up to be just an incredible November for the Big Twelve, where every week two and three teams are just fighting for their lives through three, four, five teams could be fighting for their lives. I wouldn't be shocked if the champ had two losses at all. At all. Wouldn't surprise me. I I could definitely see that. <clears throat> I think especially, I, I think somebody's going to have to develop a competent enough defense to at least hold teams, you know, under 40. The first, it's a race to find who, who has that and that team will probably win the conference. Or, you know, you know, you also don't have to necessarily have a great defense but have an opportunistic one that forces turnovers because you can pretty much wager the other team ain't going to stop you very well. So if you can, if you can get a few cheap stops with picks or fumbles, uh, yeah. you, you know, you're flipping the field. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, well, let me go ahead and put you on the, on the, on the spot, Robert. Uh, go ahead and give me your score prediction of the game, and me and Matt usually do ours at the end. So go ahead and let her rip. <laughs> well, this is one of those weeks where the old-school OSU fan is coming out in me. And okay. I feel like if I predict a win, we're going to lose. So I'm going to predict a loss. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that herd is gonna is gonna send me to the insane asylum. There's, it's gonna I, I honestly gonna I had a dream about this the other night. I'm not kidding you. Uh, I think I think it's gonna come down kind of like the California game. I think you guys will have the ball last, and he's going our defense is gonna be tired, and he's gonna be running around, and you guys are gonna either. You know, slither down there and kick a field goal, which will redeem Rose, or, uh, or so, you know, you'll get it in for a TD and win win at the end of the game. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this could be a in the 30s type of game, uh, like a 38, 35, 35, 31 type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm going with I'm going with Hurd is going to uh, break our hearts. Okay, well, Robert, we, we appreciate you coming on as always. And hey, I just did look at TCU um, tech lineup um, at the win. It's up to eighty point five right now. So yeah, it's um, 
it, it, it was 81 yesterday. It's down to 80.5. So, yeah, 80 and a half. That's a, that's a heck of a line. And we're probably going to see a, a over and under. We're probably going to see a lot of Big 12 over and unders like that this year. Oh, absolutely. Well, listen, guys, it's great. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your tailgate. All right. Everybody have a, a healthy and safe trip, and, and hopefully we'll get to watch some good football. Absolutely. Before you go, tell the listeners where they can find and read y'all stuff, though. Well, you got to head on over to Cowboys Ride for free, uh, SB Nation. Uh, you, find, you can check us out on Twitter. I'm uh, Robert, w, uh, Robert W underscore OKST. Uh, we got the Cowboys RFF on Twitter. Um, definitely check us out. Uh, and we got a lot of stuff going on. We're, Texas fans are welcome to come over and bust our chops a little bit. Yeah, we, I appreciate you, Robert. Have a great evening, sir. Hey, have a good one, guys. Thank you. All right. All right. Robert Retzel from the Cowboy Rise for Free, for free site, um, the SB Nation site that covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Go over there and check out their stuff. Um, I go over there at least once or twice a day and, and check out their articles. And um, like I say, I always got some pretty good stuff over there. We're a little behind that, but that's okay. Let's get us let's get us a, a, a few picks in here. Um, let me see. Let me see the ones I had tagged here. And everybody knows what site I use for this. I don't know if anybody's aware. I use VegasInsider.com. It lays out all the games, all the lines at the various yep. the casinos. Um, it's real easy to use, um, and like I say, it, 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 it's pretty pretty user friendly. So, uh, especially if you gamble professionally, it may be a, a may be a site you want to use. Um, BYU Michigan Michigan's minus six. Um, BYU, boy, that's another team that just can't um, seem to, um, to to keep healthy. Man, their quarterback what was his third year in a row. He's been lost for the season. Just terrible luck. Um, obviously, he must be, be must have caffeine in his diet or something. Something's going wrong up there at BYU. <laughs> um, but um, I'm going to go with Michigan on this. I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. I'm going to go 27-21 Michigan. I'm a fan of uh, I, his name escapes me at the moment, but BYU's backup quarterback is no slouch. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, they yeah they hung. Obviously, he threw the hail mary against Nebraska. He hung with UCLA. They had a shot in that game. Honestly, I I don't know why Michigan's favored by six in this game, unless some other injuries have happened that I missed this week. But I'm going to take BYU to win straight up, 24 to 20. All right, the game we talked about earlier, Arkansas A&M up there in uh, Jerry World. Um, A&M um, actually opened at minus three. It went to seven. That's where they are now, everybody. I mean, there's one at eight, but basically they're a seven-point favorite. Um, Arkansas has just looked just so bad. I, I just can't pick them to win. Uh, I think I do think they're going to make this game closer, and they're going to have a chance to win it in the end, but I just think they're in complete disarray. I'm going to go with A&M 38-31. Um, so basically they're going to win by seven. I, I think it's going to be closer. A lot of people think A&M is going to roll. I think Arkansas will play with some pride. I just don't think they're a very good football team. Yeah, man. To me, this game is all about the first quarter because the thing that I'll continue to give someone credit for is that when they have a big game, they seem to come out strong to start. Uh, and Arkansas cannot afford to have a bad start after the last two weeks, but I think that's going to happen, and I'm going to take A&M to just annihilate Arkansas in this game, 48-20. to 20. 
but don't worry. It's not necessarily because A&M is going to win the national championship. I think they've got some stumbles along the way, but I think Arkansas's wheels are just about to fall off. Yeah. All right, TCU, Texas Tech. Again, that uh, over and under is 80 and a half. Um, TCU uh, opened uh, at 13. It's down to seven. Um, open and over and under was 81. Um, man, I, I don't really know what to think of Tech. Um, I, I mean, Arkansas was a good win just because when you went on the road. Um, I think they're going to be able to move the ball on, on TCU. I think they'll hit some things, but I just don't think Tech's defense is going to hold up against TCU. TCU is not only going to cover, it's going to be close for a while, and then TCU breaks it off um, late in the third, early fourth. I'm going 48-31 TCU. Yeah, I'm pretty close with you there. I'm going to say 45-30 TCU. I think they're just a better team. Texas Tech is better than we thought, but they're not ready to to take this game yet. And that's really all the games I really want to talk about. I was kind of interested in that UCLA Arizona game, but I mean, you know, that I mean that Pac-12 is just well, that was a you know Stanford handling it to USC. Um, you know, I think I think the Pac may be unless UCLA runs the table, and I'm not so sure they will. Um, the Pack may be may be the team that's left out of the um, playoffs, so it'll be interesting to what's see the, what the ACC What's the line does. on that game uh, for the Arizona and you said, um Yeah. Good UCLA. Lord, I just saw it. Uh, I think it was three and a half. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, I mean, you can't play the transitive property of football, but. Arizona had their hands full with UTSA, and granted, I only watched about 30 minutes of the Big 12 no huddle replay of uh, UTSA Oklahoma State. But my God, if that UTSA team was able to hang with Arizona, then UCLA should annihilate them. Yeah, Arizona, yeah, UCLA's minus three. I think they roll with the with the phenom freshman quarterback. I think it's going to be about 38-14, and then obviously this is the one that's crazy to me: is Southern Cal coming off their loss is only a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Arizona State, and I think Arizona State is just awful. So I think that's an interesting game to watch. Well, let's go to our game since we're over. Uh, hell, I made my prediction early in the week. I'm sticking with it. 37-27, Texas. Uh, I feel real good about it. We're, a, we're a, um, The line is at, at currently at three. Um, I, think, I think we're going to um, – I think Hurd's going to have a big day. Uh, I think we're going to hold their offense down a little bit because I think he hit the nail on the head. Their offensive line has some struggles, and I think our defense is going to improve a little bit this week. So I'm going 37-27 Texas, 1-0 in the Big 12. Matt? Yeah, you know, um, Oklahoma State last year I was really down on them, uh, and, and Robert kind of touched on it a little bit that their offensive line play got serviceable, I think was the word that was used at the end of the year. But they were really soft. I mean, we had a soft team last year, and I thought we went into Stillwater and pushed them around for almost the entire game. I looked for them to change uh, over the off season, and I watched some of that Central Michigan game. Uh, even granted, it was game one. I didn't see a whole lot of uh, intensity out of that front line. Uh, so I think that's a big thing because our defensive line hasn't looked great either. But uh, it's, there's a possibility that this is the worst offensive line we're going to have faced through the first four games, which could be an advantage for our D-line. Um, and I just think, yeah, I, I, I think that I think this team's growing up a little bit. 
the big thing to me is that, you know, we saw this story last year over and over again. I don't know what it is about the third quarter, but we're the worst third quarter team in the history of college football. And last year, after a bad third quarter, we pretty much packed it in. Not saying our team quit, but just we didn't have anybody that could light that fire back up in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. So normally we were just dead in the water. You know, we found that last week. So I think that even if uh, – I, I really think Texas has a lead at halftime. I think Oklahoma State counterpunches in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, I think we're going to learn how to win a game. Uh, so I've got Texas winning 30-26. to 26. I'll take it. And on a, on another big UT note, uh, volleyball team moves to 11-1. and one. Swept TCU volleyball tonight 3-0. So as usual, the – Texas volleyball team gets off to a one and zero start in the Big Twelve. Probably going to sweep the Big Twelve as they do. And you know, um, this volleyball team, we'll we'll probably talk about them a little bit next week as they get into it. Um, they've got one key player um, still out, Ebony. Um, if they can get her back healthy, um, this is a team that can really win it all this year. They are deep and loaded. They're they're. They're as good or if not better than the team that won it a few years ago. So um, this could be another special year for Elliott and the volleyball team, which is starting to be uh, the norm at Texas, um, you know, so good good for them. So with that said, Matt, we only ran over a little bit. That ain't too bad. Again, I want to thank Robert for coming on from the Cowboy Rides for free. I think we're batting a 1,000 again with our, um, our, our people that come on and preview our opponent. Um, excellent job, Robert. My Astros lost again. We're 7-14 and 14 in the month of um, September. We're still one game up, I think, in the wild card, but things are looking bleak. Um, we got to go on the road, our final six games, and we know what an awesome road team the Astros are. Um, the Astros may, may, may be in serious trouble here. I guess we're going to know by this time next week I'm going to have a good idea because the Rangers are coming to town for three this weekend. So we're going to see how they end up. Um, you know, at least they're in the hunt, but um, they're barely in the hunt at this point. So, Matt, any final thoughts? If not, you can tell us where people can find you. I mean, just a final thought we touched on a little bit a while ago. Uh, you know, it was a loss last week, but I'm as excited as you are to see this team play again. And if anybody's listening that's on the fence, you know, this is the year to get into this thing because this year – you know, you hate to say stuff like this, but the record doesn't really count. It, this is about watching this team grow up, and uh, they took a big step last week. Who knows what's going to happen this week, but uh, I'll be damned if it isn't exciting. So if you're on the fence about coming to Austin, get your ass to Austin. Let's tailgate. Let's go fill up EKR, and let's see if we can't start the conference season 1-0. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at UT Tailgaters. I've got my spare cell phone battery fully charged for the game. I'm not going to Part out on battery like I did in the first home game, so I'll be good to tweet through the entire thing. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me, let's talk football. And another quick update: uh, if some of y'all don't know, uh, hell, they still had OU tickets left at TexasSports.com. If you've never been to that game and that atmosphere, highly recommend you go online, get you a face value ticket, get in the stadium, enjoy uh, one of the best rivalries in college football at the State Fair. Um, I got notified of my seat location today, and, um, and I, I've got a great seat. I may actually have to go sit in my seat this year. So that if you all are not aware, they're being mailed out Friday. But if those, again, don't have tickets, man, go get one. There were several thousand still left. Um, so definitely go get you an OU ticket and come on up there and watch the horns um, 
beat our rival OU. So with that said, y'all can find me on Twitter at MB Horns fans. Always remember the eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook 'em horns. We'll see you next week. Beat Oklahoma State. Get high on you.